Hello, and welcome once again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I'm Chris Levine, and I will be your host again this time around. So, if I remember correctly, it had to have been either the 7th or the 8th grade. I'm kind of leaning towards 7th, but I'm not sure. And I had to choose between two electives. One was choral class. In other words, singing. And the other was drama, acting. I chose drama. This was a Southern California junior high school, so both of those things were offered to 7th or 8th graders. Um, It was only a semester long, but I very much remember it for one specific reason. I'm embarrassed to say that I'm not quite sure of her name, the teacher who I believe her name was Mrs. Talbot. Now that's completely going off my memory and I'm so sorry if I have that wrong. It's been like 38 years ago. But but after class, I asked this teacher about acting. She was so nice. I was really shy in the actual class, but the concept of acting just totally intrigued me. So I asked her something like, look, I don't really think, genetically speaking, I'm going to be that tall. And I wouldn't characterize myself as being super attractive. But I like the idea of studying to be an actor. Realistically, would I be wasting my time since I really couldn't see myself on TV or in a movie? She said some really nice things. First off, she said I was still a kid. And I was still growing. So don't rule out not only acting, but don't rule out the concept of being a leading man. What a nice thing to say to somebody. But she she followed it up with this. She said, you know, some people are just perfect acting as supporting characters, too. She told me about the award for best supporting actor. She said some just have that look or are relatable or are that funny that if they weren't on that TV show or in that movie, it just wouldn't be the same, even though they weren't the star of the show. I then thought of myself as someone who, at the very least, might be able to do that. I I could fit into that category. I still feel like I kind of fit into that category now. Now, this this may all sound funny, but again, it was not (laughs) far-fetched to have a conversation with a Southern California drama teacher about this stuff. But that said, I asked her about things like headshots, you know, putting together little packages, all, of course, before I basically even started the class. I asked her, though, and that's kind of why I'm talking about it with this episode, What was one of the most important things as far as personal promo pictures were concerned to focus on? 
she said, if you're putting something together without flinching, she said, your hair. People will either consciously or unconsciously judge you on first instinct by your hair. And that, my friends, is what we're going to talk about today on this episode of Refresher. What does your hair say about you? Psychology Today helps us with this one. It says, in a conversation, people's eyes are directed towards each other's heads. The hair on that head, or the lack of it, becomes one of a person's most prominent features during a discussion or a conversation. There's also a great deal of mythology surrounding the blonde, the redhead, and the brunette. And because it's so visible, hair also becomes a part of a person's overall identity, whether they want it to or not. Your hair helps to define the persona that you aim to create to impress other people, whether as an intellectual, a sexual being, a rebel, or some combination of the above. Hair can also influence the way you define yourself to yourself as an extension of your identity. There's a fashion blog for the ladies that takes it from there, and I'm just going to read it directly. I don't know whether I believe this, but I'm, I'm going to read it to you. It says, so what does your current hairstyle say about your personality? Let's have a look. You part it on the side. You're compassionate. You have loose beach waves. You embody confidence. Mid-length hair, you're practical. Blonde hair, you're approachable. A high ponytail, you are full of energy. Black hair, you're feminine. A short bob, you're low maintenance. Brunette hair, you are intelligent. Red hair, you are passionate. Bouncy curls, you celebrate your uniqueness. In any unconventional hairstyle, you're just full of surprises. Esquire has the guys covered. It continues, it says, Pompadour. The man with a pompadour is an old soul. He's nostalgic for the classics and wishes more men could be like the old movie stars, cool, calm, and charming. He also doesn't mind putting in the work for things that matter to him, like his hair. A fade. This style is for the man who likes things neat. He'll put a little work into his appearance, but not as much as the pompadour guy. The buzz cut, the go-to style of the man who is confident in his facial features. Long hair. The man who wears his hair long doesn't care much about what other people think of him. As long as it's good, <laughs> he has little regard for norms. The man bun, dude, the man bun. For the man who wants it all, long on the top and short on the sides, it's the socially acceptable version of the mullet. Clean yet carefree, Classy yet crass, 
serious yet fun-loving. So let's say you're a man or a woman and your hairstyle is defined here, but you're like, no, 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 these people have it all wrong. You have to remember something. This is not saying that that is your personality. It's talking about people's probable perception of you, of your personality, what your hair is telling them, even if it couldn't be farther from the truth. So if I had scruffy, longer blonde hair, I might get the part for the surfer before I get the part of the lawyer. If I'm a girl with blue hair, I probably won't be playing a senator's wife anytime soon. See, I might be able to pull off the part of being an amazing lawyer, and my blue-headed sister might be the best senator's wife TV has ever seen, but more than likely, neither of us will probably get the chance because we would not get past central casting. People that defend their hairstyles usually miss this point, which again, we've already kind of made. It's all perception. So you essentially become a character of one sort or another to the masses, and that's how you're perceived. Now, it's not that it's always bad. For example, I sometimes use these examples, and I'm not saying anything bad about anybody, but actors like, say, Dwayne Johnson or like Joe Pesci are basically always going to get cast to play themselves or maybe an exaggerated version of themselves. No disrespect to either, but when they make movies, their characters are never really that different. There's a word for that, you know, being typecast. Now, once that happens, it's hard to break free. Watch, I'll throw a name at you, especially if you're a Gen Xer. You tell me the first thing that comes to mind when I say the name Henry Winkler. What did you immediately think of? My cold hard cash is on the Fonz. Yet, according to IMDb, he's played over 150 other roles and was a producer over 40 different times. I'm sure maybe you've enjoyed some of that stuff too, but where did you immediately start? The place where he was in danger of being typecasted. See, people see you as they see you. I don't know if it's still true, but back in the day, if you're a punk rocker and you had a mohawk, they wouldn't let you into Disneyland. Unless maybe if you wore a hat, they might, but otherwise they wouldn't. Why? Again, I can't speak to now. I just remember being younger and this being the case. They totally identified themselves as being a family place and there was just no room for anarchists in the Magic Kingdom. But you're thinking, wait, I'm a nice guy, man. I'm a nice guy with a mohawk. Mr. T only wants to help kids, and he has a mohawk. It didn't matter. Why? Well, the word of the day, perception. I remember hearing an interview with Henry Rollins about how people perceive the members of the band Black Flag. They, to the masses, wherever they went, were these scary punk rock dudes. But Rollins said 
as far as he was concerned, they were a bunch of vegetarians traveling around in a van. But again, the perception of this band because of the kind of music they played and their look, he followed them. It's just the way that it goes. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with a person. It's just the perception is there. Science Direct tells us this. It says, in the early days of psychology, perception was viewed as an introspective, subjective experience. Then the behaviorist approach reduced perception to an external stimuli response reaction. Although psychology has come a long way from those early attempts at studying perception, the field has yet to pinpoint what perception is and how it should be studied. Many researchers are now studying the neural and biological underpinnings of perception. So maybe then we can think how hairstyles and how they may pigeonhole us into a character by simply remembering that reality and perception are almost always on non-speaking terms. Reality and perception are not always the best of friends. By the way, I, I did do this. I took this all in. And, and then by myself, a few years later, I took the ride to Central Casting in Burbank when I was 19. My pictures and my bio, I'm sure, have long since been thrown away. But I tried. And you know what? Because of Mrs. Talbot, when I got there, my hair was flawless on arrival. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist to shadow our overall theme. This time around, we have for you a Refresher podcast entitled, Your Hair is Ready for Its Close-Up. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash, Your Hair is Ready for Its Close-Up. This, by the way, is a chill playlist a nighttime lay in bed with your headphones playlist i really dig it and it's also all over the map like these usually are here goes track number one is thievery corporation with lebanese blonde number two the always 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 perfect henry mancini with brunette in yellow Number three, Willie Nelson, Redheaded Stranger. Number four, from his Swordfish Trombones record, it's Tom Waits with Trouble's Braids. Number five, Visage, with a song that sounds amazing when turned up on a good sound system. It's called Fade to Gray. Number six, some reggae by Uroy, and the song is Dreadlocks Dread. Number seven, here's a fun one because it's not on any of their albums. Led Zeppelin with a rarity called The Girl I Love, She Got Long Black Hair. It's from their BBC sessions. Number eight, Short Blonde Hair by Everclear. Number nine, from their Caress of Steel record, we have Rush with I think I'm going bald. 
At number 10, we have Nina Simone with the timeless black is the color of my true love's hair. That's our new playlist. Again, you can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in refresher podcast dash your hair is ready for its close up. We'd like to welcome some new listeners to our little show. This was a fun one, wasn't it? Our, our demographics report shows that we now have listeners in a little town named Yantis, Texas, which if I read it correctly, when I looked at it, because I always look at these things when you guys show up on the demographic report, I think there's less than 400 people in that town. How cool is that? And one of them at least listens to this show. We also have some listeners in San Jose, California. We, we love you guys too. Welcome to Refresher. Hey, did you guys know that plants improve the air around you? And they actually improve your mood? Leafy is the world's first ever patented self-watering plant container. You can check out their awesome website at leafy.com. That is L-E-A-F-V-E.com. I got to sell it a little bit. It's not plant sales. But not only do they sell this cool container that helps you to keep your plants alive, but their goal is for you to have a pet plant to go. It's a great icebreaker, and it just does something for you psychologically. You should check out their site and their videos. Design Craft is at the forefront of the millwork industry, constantly innovating to meet custom needs. You can check out samples of their incredible work at their website, which is designcraft.com, D-E-Z-I-G-N-K-R-A-F-T.com. Everybody, I say it all the time, and I mean it all the time, the show begins and ends with you. It wouldn't exist without you. You you embraced it when it started, and you're still embracing it, and I can't thank you enough. If you could all do me a favor, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. I do very little advertising. I have a very small, small place in social media. Uh, but if you guys continue with the grassroots passing it along, not only do I have a bigger audience, but I've got a, an audience that I like you guys. You know what I mean? I'm just not looking for warm bodies and numbers. I'm looking for sensitive intellectual people, and that's who you are. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, you can make a small monthly contribution. A lot of you do that, and it, it is extremely helpful to me. All you do is you go to the support this podcast link under the episode description. And if that's something you're inclined to do, that would be very helpful. We also have a website. If you'd like to read any of the books that I've written, uh, celebrity interviewing that I've done, or any of the, the merch that we have, t-shirts, all that good stuff, we are at refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. That is refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by my good friend, Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening.